Hello, and welcome to The Tish. I'm Dina Weiss. The story of the Exodus of Yitziat Mitzrayim is full of really dramatic moments. One of the most dramatic moments is when Bnei Israel are almost done. They're almost free, they're almost out. And they turn around and they see that Pharaoh and all of Pharaoh's cavalry are chasing them. Pharaoh did technically let them go, but then decided that he wanted them back. And the reaction of Bnei Israel, of the Israelites here, is very bizarre. They don't ask to be saved. They just seem to give up and say, oh, Pharaoh wants us back. Let's go back. It's actually better for us to be slaves in Egypt than to die here in the desert. And the Oiv Yisrael asks, after they saw everything that happened in the 10 plagues, and they've seen that God is very powerful, why were they so sure that they were done for? Why did they think that they were going to die in the desert? And so he says they weren't actually afraid that they would die physically in the desert. They knew that God was going to save them. They saw God's power over nature. What they were concerned about was what their lives would look like after God had saved them. In Egypt, they were on the right side of the law. They were the oppressed Anything that they did was basically justified because they were suffering at the hands of Pharaoh. They didn't owe Pharaoh anything. Pharaoh owed them. But if they were to be saved by God, that dynamic would be totally shifted. God would save them. They would be indebted to God. They would owe God. And what they would have to do was essentially give up their entire lives to God. And so what they're afraid of, according to the Oiv Yisrael, is not physically dying in the wilderness. What they're afraid of is being saved, actually, and then having to give their whole lives to God and live on this much higher spiritual level. And when they see those two options, we could be slaves in Egypt, but have essentially the moral high ground, or we could be saved by God, but be totally dependent and feel this unending debt of gratitude to God for the rest of our lives, they actually said, you know what? Let's go back to Egypt. Even though going back to Egypt would be physically much more difficult, it would be spiritually a lot easier. There weren't spiritual demands on their lives in Egypt, and they weren't ready to take on the spiritual demands that they assumed would come in the wake of God actually saving and redeeming them fully. The interpretation of the Oiv Yisrael solves one problem, but creates another. It solves the problem of how could Bnei Israel not believe that they would be saved? He says, of course they believed that they would be saved. They were not of such little faith that they didn't think that God could save them. But what it does is create a new problem where in some ways Bnei Israel seem even worse. They believe in God. They believe in God's power, but they don't want to be in an indebted relationship with him. They would rather suffer then be grateful. They would rather be in a horrible 
physical situation if it meant that they would have more spiritual laxness and more freedom. But this interpretation of the Oiv Yisrael is actually, to me, very comforting. Because what this interpretation does is take really seriously how difficult spiritual labor is. And the Oiv Yisrael is essentially saying that given a choice between physical labor and spiritual labor, physical suffering and spiritual anguish, for B'nai Yisrael, that choice was clear. The physical suffering was preferable to the spiritual suffering. That when we think of what is more real, right, the abstract or the concrete, the Oiv Yisrael says it's not clear that the concrete is more real. For B'nai Israel at that moment, what felt more real and felt more scary were abstract obligations, abstract needs over their needs for physical survival. And the Oiv Yisrael's willingness to give spiritual suffering that sense of realism is very comforting, but it doesn't quite answer for me why that was the choice that B'nai Israel made. Let's say they're both real. Physical labor is real and spiritual labor is real. Why would I necessarily choose physical labor over spiritual labor? Dov Yisrael doesn't really answer this question, but I've been thinking about it. And my sense is that the advantage that physical labor has over spiritual labor is exactly that concreteness. When I build a building, I can look up and see the building that I have constructed. When I work on a negative character trait, I work and work and work. And even if I'm improving, it's not clear that I or anyone else will be able to see the results. And there's a way in which spiritual labor is harder because it's Sisyphean. You're constantly going after the same goal. You're working, you're working, you're working, and you don't always see those marks of progress that give you the satisfaction that you need to keep on going. And so when B'nai Israel saw we could build something physical or we could build something spiritual, they said, well, what's going to make us feel better and more accomplished at the end? Actually, it might be these cities that we built for Pharaoh, because at least we can walk past those cities and say, I built that. But when it comes to building ourselves, we may never get that satisfaction of saying, wow, look at where I've come. I've built that. And the second element that I think is really true for me and maybe true for B'nai Israel at the time is that you can blame your boss. When your physical labor is stalled, you could say, this task was not appropriate for me. My boss is so mean. This is ridiculous. Look at these working conditions. And you can always blame someone else. When the failure that you are experiencing is an internal spiritual failure, you have no one to blame but yourself. And there's nothing harder than living in a circumstance where you have no one to blame but yourself. And so B'nai Israel said, look, we could be slaves to Pharaoh. Our lives would be hard, but it wouldn't be our fault. Or we could be slaves to God, and we would constantly be confronted with feeling insufficient, feeling like we haven't quite done everything that we need to do, and feeling both fully indebted and not free to be resentful. If you are a slave of God, 
not only do you have a lot of hard work to do, but you can never blame your boss. Your boss is righteous. You are indebted to your boss. You should be grateful and thankful to be in the position that you're in. And B'nai Israel said, that's too hard for me. I'm not sure that I'm able to achieve that higher ground. I'd rather do the physical suffering than be in this type of spiritual anguish. So why choose this path? If B'nai Israel are so sure that physical enslavement is better, why should I choose spiritual enslavement? I think that B'nai Israel may have made a mistake and their assumption that if God saved them, they would have to give their entire lives to God. God never said, I'm going to save you in exchange for total, absolute, perfect devotion. That was actually a standard that they were afraid of that they placed upon themselves. And if instead of thinking about spiritual demands as being absolute, we were able to acknowledge that spiritual demands can be smaller, they can be bite-sized, they can be accomplished, we wouldn't have to feel so scared about choosing the path of spiritual indebtedness. And also, it's important to understand and important to remember that just because the spiritual successes aren't always visible, doesn't mean that they aren't there. And perhaps what the teaching of the Oiv Yisrael shows us is that it's not a question about how much faith we have in God, but rather how much faith we have in ourselves. This episode was produced by Sam Greenberg, Effie Unterman, and Jeremy Tabak. Thank you to David Chabinski for recording and editing this episode. Music for the Tish is from Hannah Raskin's debut album, Raza Capella produced by Rising Song Records. <laughs>